Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And please forgive me because my voice is experiencing a healing. Um, I've been crying, I've been laughing, I've been talking too loud. And now, like I said yesterday, I'm starting to sound like a little um, character on The Little Rascal, which was foggy because my voice is tore up. So not sure what it sounds like on the radio, but I'm going to just roll with it. So, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up and blessing me this morning. And for those of you that are out there, if you're sick, if you're going through, I want you to remember to just hang on in there because trouble don't last all ways, but we do have to implement wisdom, which kind of brings us to the topic today. Now, with today's topic, today's topic is the love of money. Now, I wanted to do this show a couple of weeks ago when individuals were, you know, talking about they're waiting on their checks and people are doing video about, you know, checking the mailbox and looking for their money and having a sense of what the government owes us and Trump signing his names on a check or sending people letters that he gave you this money. And it, 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 it just irked me. It really irked me, which made me want to talk about it. So like I told my auntie the other day when she was talking about a platform, I have a platform. Let's use it. So if you want to share the information, if you're listening now, thanks. If you want people to listen later, that's even better. But we're going to go on with the show. Now, many individuals are going through financial hardship. Some are still waiting on a stimulus check. Some are waiting on unemployment. I saw something with the payroll protection plan, how they were saying that part of that was racially biased when they were looking at who was getting the money, who wasn't. I also want to say that some individuals are either waiting on their job to reopen or being able to go back to their own business. Now, with such, what is your view as it relates to money? Now, it has been said that money is the root of all evil. Is it true or is that true? Or is it the love of money that makes it evil? Or could it be used or abused, the use or the abuse of money? So let's talk about it. I got people logging on, so let me join them in. Give me one second. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in Six nine. How are you doing? Good. How are Can you, you this morning, Miss Jeanette? Yes. How I'm are you this morning? I'm gonna try to talk with my sexy voice because my regular voice just is not working right about now, and I'm tired of hearing it myself. <laughs> I realize I gotta stop laughing because I gotta get my vocal cords right. But thank you for joining me. Now, talking about the love of money. What is your thought in regards to that? Because I got another call on my login, but I just want to know what's your perception of it. Well, I know um, you were asking what it says about um, if it's love of money or if it's um, money or how how you put it. But in my my opinion, you know, there's a Bible verse, and I believe it's in Proverbs. I would have to look it up to be sure. But it says, and I, I think it's in the New Testament as well, but it says that um, it's not the love of money that's the root of evil. It's the love of money because I think people tend to make money like a god, you know. And, I mean, sometimes, I mean, 
I don't know if um, I have like a love for money, just like sometimes I just like to know that I have it, you know, and and that comes from um, in instilling within me from being brought up and my mom always saying, mm-hmm. you have to have a nest egg, you have to have a nest egg. So I just like to know that I have a little bit set set aside for it. You know, you might end up with a flat tire or something, and it's nice to know that you can get the tire fixed if they can't just plug it up and put some air back in it. But I believe it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Mm, the love. Okay. All right. Let me log on the other caller. Give me one second. Good. Um, we're off through in the morning. Good morning. This is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, Block Talk Radio, number NNN09. How are you doing? Okay. Not sure. Yes. How are you doing? I'm fine. Okay. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us. So we talk about the love of money, and hopefully we'll get some pastors calling in or some biblical scholars. So right now, Thea, you got to be my biblical scholar <laughs> until somebody else come in because Michelle and I, we both wouldn't know what we're talking about. And even I, <laughs> myself, as a business owner, we start talking about the love of money. You know, and it's interesting because a lot of this too, Thea, is when we look at the worldviews versus what the Bible says because we talk about evil, sin, lust, you know, idling things. So there's a lot to be said about that. And one of the things that I even put it on with today's show, that we're going to be addressing money as it relates to being the root of evil. Because sometimes we look at people who have it, the have and the have not, what they're doing with it. We're talking to a gentleman today who's a business owner. And, um, you know, and you know we, some people are very well off and some are not. You know, is it designed to be that way? Are the rich really becoming more richer and the poor becoming poorer? And what some individuals fail to realize is some individuals that they think is poor is happy. They're not trying to be evil. And sometimes when you try to get to the top, it's what you're doing to get there, which sometimes individuals do things that is just malicious. And when you start talking about people will rob, steal, and kill, and then you got people doing a whole lot of other different things. So, I want to know, what are some of the listeners' thoughts when it comes to money? Some believe that with money comes power. Some individuals have abused money, and some individuals have used money to get what they want. And I indicated earlier, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. But we're going to be basically focusing on people's thoughts in regards to what does the Bible say about money? Because in times like this where things are so uncertain, many individuals, basically I said they change or strange. What's it, no, I, said, I, I, put I said, and for many individuals, their change appears to be very strange. So you're right there. People are hiding money, putting money up. You know, like I said, individuals are getting their stimulus checks and, you know, their unemployment checks. And I saw something with the um, – with the PPP, they're saying that only certain individuals, African-Americans, they're not giving it to them. They're being denied. So it's the distribution of it. Sometimes that can really look evil. Michelle, do you have any questions or comments you want to add in regards to this? Or what is your take on money? Michelle? Okay. Um, so I got 
with the what the other girl said, I totally agree on that. And it's the people who put their love in it. Got you. Um, Got you. You know, Sophia, I'm looking at something, and this is coming from Wikipedia. And it says, uh-huh. in Christian tradition, the love of money is condemned as a sin, primarily based on texts such as Iglesias, and it says 510, and 1 Timothy 610. 610. Yeah, 610. Relates to the, they call it avarice and greed rather than money itself. See, money don't get you in right. trouble. It's the behind it. The Christian text it's, scriptures are full of parables and used and used easily to understand subjects such as money to convey the actual message. And there are further parables when they go into different things. We're talking about, um, you know, man, girl, they got words. I'm sitting here looking at these words like, okay. So, Thea, what is your take on that? Talking about um, um, First Timothy. I, 610. I agree 100%, okay, because First Timothy 6.10 does say that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it goes on down to, um, to in First Timothy 6.17 to tell you um, to command those, well, my phone then started acting funny, and I don't have my Bible right in front of me. But, oh, it says to command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, mm-hmm. but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Okay, now, like you were saying, the love of money. Okay, now, I want to just put out one thing that came to my mind, and I think this is a, um, a vivid explanation. Okay, now, the love of money. Okay, now, if I have a love of money, then I'm putting that money above all else, including God. Because if, if, I, if I have $20 in my pocket, and I'm just going to the 99-cent store because I want to buy a few things that I want, but I have everything I need, and I see someone sitting on the curb, and they probably don't have anything. I don't know whether they do or not, but if I have a love for money, I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to go in the 99-cent store, and I'm going to buy me 18 things so I can afford to pay the tax on them, and I'm going to leave there, and I'm not going to give that person sitting on the curb a second look on my way out. But if I have a love for, if I have a love of God, then my, 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 my common sense is going to tell me, ask that person over there, would you like anything out of the store? Because I know that that $20 is not going to make or break my life, but the love of mm-hmm. God will incline me to offer that person some assistance. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking at some information, and a lot of this stuff is basically coming off the Internet, and it talks about how does God define evil? Because we talk about money being evil. It's like, how can it be evil? Evil is that which keeps one from discovering the nature of God, kind of what you're talking about. It is believed that one must choose not to be evil to return to God. Now, when we start doing right. things in, you know, and being malicious, because some people are just mean. And you know what, the, and, and I know, and you know, that just because you see a person sitting on the ground that they appear to be homeless or don't have anything, you don't know what they got. They can have a mental health issue. You know, they can have a drug and alcohol issue. It could be a lot of different things. So we do need to be careful with how we treat people. Now, right. I'm looking at something else, and it indicates what does money, it says what does money is the root of all evil. Basically, what does it mean? They talk about the love of money is the root of all evil. 
All wrongdoing can be traced to an excessive attachment to material wealth, and money falls Mm -hmm. within that material wealth. This saying comes from the writing of Apostle Paul. It is sometimes shortened to money is the root of all evil. So that is kind of where that comes from. And a lot of times we get scriptures um, confused or misquoted, which is one of the most popular misquoted scriptures. Any comments, Thea? I think exactly what you said, misquoted, you know, because um, when Jesus was confronted with a question by the Pharisees, they was trying to trip him up to see how he would answer, and they asked him about paying taxes. Now, he didn't say having money is evil, so Caesar should be condemned. He said, give to Caesar what is his. Okay, so mm-hmm. that means if I have a love for money, I might not pay, I might not pay my taxes because I want to keep my money. But if I'm doing right mm-hmm. and I'm abiding by God's command, then I'm going to go ahead and break, break, break off my taxes. I'm going to pay my tithes, and I'm going to be compassionate and empathetic when I see somebody that may be in need, like you said, because it's not on me to place judgment on that person. If I have the love of God in my heart, then I'm going to do the right thing. But if I have a love for money, then I'm going to place all kinds of judgment on that person because I don't want to give my money up. <laughs> you know what? That is interesting. You said, I don't want to give it up. Now, I'm looking at something, and it indicates, how many times does God talk about money in the Bible? Because a lot of things that we are going through in regards to these hard times, I was looking at something on the Internet. No, it was on Facebook today, Thea. They were talking about these hornets coming in and killing them rats. You know I was thinking we probably need some hornets over there in Oceanside. That hornet was tearing that rat up. <laughs> I, said, I think I'd rather have a rat than a hornet because a hornet would get tired of that rat and turn around and get you too. <laughs> I saw that. I said, I wonder if Thea saw that. <laughs> Instead of getting all these rat traps and sticky, we can go get some hornets. <laughs> oh, no. Go. I've never seen a hornet before. Okay, but. Get it back to what I was get back to the subject in regards to the show. Money, when talk about how many times the God talks about money in the Bible, money and possessions are the second most referenced topic in the Bible. Money is mentioned more than eight hundred times and the message is clear. But nowhere in the scripture is debt viewed in a positive way. You know what? I'm a Michelle Miss Michelle have a called in on the show. I told Miss Michelle to stop sending me text messages of pictures and videos. Phone is clear. I mean, full. She's still doing it. Just hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to delete all of her text messages, and I don't delete text, but she is blowing my phone up. Now, <laughs> what does Jesus say about giving money? Now, we start talking about money is the root of all evil. Now, in Luke 19.8, and it talk about Zechariah stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, look. Here and now I give myself all my possession to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. I'm like, wow, that right there is deep. 
because a lot of times, Thea, we put money with power, we put money above all things. And you know the story where they talk about the, the man and the riches and the camels. We talk about Job who lost everything. You know, there's a lot of scriptures, a lot of stories that talk about money. Now, but what does the Bible, because we talk about money and we think of people that have money, they're prosperous. What is your thought on that, Thea? I don't think that everybody who has money is prosperous. Well, I mean, I guess you have to be prosperous to have money because that means you have good business sense. You probably have good money managing skills and things like that. But I think true prosperity comes in what you're doing with the money that you get because um, Mm -hmm. the Bible will tell you, I mean, Jesus says to give to those in need. And he says that if a person asks you, he say, it, it says to give to anybody who asks. And so to me, that means, okay, and he says that if you, and, and, it, and there's even one verse, I'm going to try to find it, that says uh, God doesn't even want your tithes or your, your gifts aren't given to those in need. We recently had that come up in one of our Bible studies, our Sunday school, uh, within the past few months. And basically, God doesn't even want you to present tithes to him or gifts to him if every time you see someone in need, you don't give to them as well. Because God wants us to be obedient. He wants us to sacrifice. And to him, that's way more than any gift we could ever present to him. Mm-hmm. He wants us to love and care for others. So I think true prosperity comes out of what you do with your money, not just having it. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell people I bought a business that had no business knowledge whatsoever, still don't want to balance a book, a checkbook, though. Lord, I, I finally downsized my my bag of bills I was carrying, you know, so <laughs> I ain't never been thinking about no money. I used to always say, as long as I got something to eat, I'm cool. I've never been a money person, never. And when I say that, you know, even my family, they'd be like, can't you working all them hours? you just trying to make you some money. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It took me forever to even do my taxes. So it was like years have passed. I didn't even know how much money I had made in one year. I had no idea and didn't even care. Now, prosperity theology views the Bible as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, he will deliver security and prosperity. The doctrine emphasizes the importance of personal empowerment, proposing that it is God's will for his people to be blessed. And a lot of times we think that individuals, just they got to have money to be blessed. And that's not true. We can be blessed with health. We can be blessed with wealth. We can be blessed with a whole lot of different things. It don't have to always be money. Because the one thing about that, my mother told me a long time ago, even when I bought my company, she said, never have more money that you can keep up with because you'll wind up in trouble. And then also when people think you got money, they'll be so quick to knock you upside the head to take it. And I don't know if that's where the evilness comes from or what the evilness of it is about. That's why I wanted someone to call in and give me a clear understanding of what that means. Because, I mean, we, we see so much when it comes to that. And we talk about what does the Bible teaches, and the Bible teaches is a classic volume that provides numerous outline studies of what the Bible has to say on over 50 major documents of the Bible. And the work examines what the Bible teaches about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, man, angels, Satan, prayers, 
worship faith and more. So when we turn to the Bible for these things and we talk about money, you know, a lot of times individuals, they get it confused. Any suggest, any comments in regards to that, Thea? I can I can barely hear you. Can you turn that phone up a little bit? I agree with what you're saying, and I have to say that just what your mother commented on, that was like a very, very smart thing to say because it, it having too much money makes people, it changes them. I mean, you know that most people that have a lot of money are not happy. Some because they don't back. So about so they become um, paranoid with because now they can't trust their love, their money, and the more they have, the more they have to watch them because they got to protect what they love and they can't trust people. Can you speak a little louder there? For some reason, I can barely hear what you're saying. Okay. Um, no, I think like what your mother told you was like very, very sage advice because people that have a lot of money, if they can't keep track of it, they become very suspicious and very paranoid of other people because they are having the back of their mind. Somebody might try to knock them in the head. Somebody might try to take the money. They're going to have relatives pop up. They're going to have preachers popping up. You know, they're going to have all kinds of charitable organizations popping up. And if, if their love is for the money, they're not going to like or trust anybody. Correct, correct. And you know what, too, Thea, is a lot of times money changes people. It changes yes. them. And truly say, I can only speak for myself, I can't speak for other people. I could truly say it didn't change me. I still was the same person. I still don't want to fold up my clothes. I still <laughs> <laughs> You look like, uh-huh. <laughs> it didn't change me at all. <laughs> Even when I bought the big house, I had friends that stopped being my friends. They stopped coming to my house when I had the big 3,000 square foot home. You know, even my, you got your little mini magic. It didn't change me at all. I was still the same old Jeanette, you know, and it's sad. And I, I don't, I never understood how that happened to some people, I guess, because they felt that they were, uh, they forgot where they came from, you know, and then it's a cultural thing. We go through a lot of different stuff. Now, we got another caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in 9-8. How are you doing? Great. I'm just joining to listen in today. Thank you very much. Do you have any questions? I just want to know, even though you're listening in, what do you think? What is your concept with the love of money? I haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> I'm sorry? This sounds like Lisa. Is this Lisa? Yes, it is. Is it? Lisa, I still I even just, though I you, just you I, ha- I literally haven't heard anything. But I still have a question for you with money. Okay. And you, where what you about? work. And what is your concept on Money being the root of all evil. Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because um, money has, you know, obviously different meanings for different people. And Mm -hmm. for people that are not um, used to having money, you know, um, sparingly when they do get money, 
you know, they're usually um, looked down upon because of the way they spend their money. But people Mm -hmm. understand sometimes is that people that come from, um, you know, maybe a deprived background where money wasn't so plentiful really feel like they want have the same chance as anybody. They want the same chance as anyone else to catch up and be able to do the best for their family with what they have because they don't know when they're going to get that money again. So, you know, yeah, and, and that's not to look down upon them, but just to understand the mindset um, where they are and, and, and how people function at certain levels. Now, you know, I really believe to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, I was a, if I was a Bill and Melinda Gates and I had the, the millions and billions of dollars they have, um, for me, and my mindset is that, you know, I, I'm expected to give back. It would be um, it would be a terrible thing, you know, not to give back to other people, not to help out where I could. Absolutely. Got you. And for Thank all you, of Lisa. the rest of us, we're not excused from not helping other people because we, you know, in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And you can help in a lot of different ways. And a lot of times it's people's perspective. Yes, absolutely. But sometimes we start talking about helping Sometimes you can you can hurt as you help. Let me I'm allowed because I know yeah. we lost the Thea. I logged you back on, so you back on. Let me add Michelle because Michelle's calling me in, so that'll stop Michelle from blowing up my cell phone. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> what you do it. Michelle, listen. Michelle, can you, can you uh, hear me? Listen, I had an ex I can hear Michelle. I have an ex husband. He had an ex husband. He's always telling me, listen, and be talking to say, listen, and I get mad. So I'm going to say, listen, Michelle, you know, I have an iPhone 4 and 5, and I heard they probably own iPhone 12 or 13. So that lets you know I ain't think about no money because I don't even want to upgrade my phone. I don't have no storage. <laughs> I can't barely take pictures. So, Michelle, what's your concept? on the love of money as far as money being the root of evil. I found well, one. Can uh, I take? Oh, okay. This is Michelle, Michelle Fontes. Oh, which Michelle? Oh, okay. Um, you. I heard I came in on the middle of it because I was trying to log on um, about, you know, helping other people. I mean, I think, you know, I think everybody needs to help as much as they can, but not hurt themselves mm-hmm. while they're helping, you know, mm-hmm. each other. Um, but, you know, I mean, because some people have it worse than other people. And mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, I, it, it's starting to really get on my nerves about, mm-hmm. you know, what they're doing with this. With this. I'm sorry. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I should just, you know, everybody's, I don't want to get into politics, but they're getting paid a lot of money, and they're shutting us down, and people are out of money, out of jobs. They can't even pick, get their unemployment checks. You know, I mean, they're not getting their stimulus check. I mean, I'm not even going to get my IRS refund because every IRS is closed, and they ain't doing nothing about refunds, I guess. So, you know, I don't know mm. where they're getting all this money from. But, you know, I think that all these people that are, have all this money that, or in the government, uh, give up some of their money. Uh, maybe that's probably not realistic, but mm-hmm. that's my feeling of it. Or else put a two-year-old in charge and let the two-year-old do it because, you know, it's not going to get any better than what we're at now if it keeps going this way. 
So, and everybody's yeah. getting mad at everybody else. So I, as far as, I mean, it's, it's evil, you know, I don't, you know, there could be a lot of different evils, you know, and you wonder, people think, well, why is this happening to us or me or whatever? It's not just happening to people that are, don't have money, that it's happening to people that do have money, but people that, it's, it's good that there's a lot of people helping other people. I think I heard you say if you've got to help other people, but don't don't let it hurt yourself or something. Gotcha. Well, and you know what, Michelle, and I'm glad you called in because, see, some people have expectations of other people. Some individuals, sometimes we all have been given the same opportunity, and sometimes people fall on hard times. You don't turn your nose up at individuals, but we start talking about helping because sometimes people have an expectation that you're supposed to go out and work every day and give it to them, and that's not the case. And everybody with money is not evil. So it's our interpretation of evil because some individuals get mad because other people yes. have and some people don't. But then we got individuals that are waiting for their stimulus, waiting for their EDDs, waiting for and there's so much diff, different con- concepts of it, and that's what is turning evil and ugly. It is just getting so ugly. You know, it's like you give an individual this money, but then some individuals are not even doing what they should be doing with the money because they're going out spending on stuff that's not even necessary, and it can turn into greed. And then you start looking at fraud, and you start looking at all of this stuff. Now, I'm looking at something, and it's it's indicated on cbn.com, and it says, money is not the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrow. And it goes back into 1 Timothy 6.10. The use of money can be very worthwhile. It can be used to build orphanage, hospitals, to feed the poor, to the gospel, to build universities, to educate people in righteousness, to establish churches, to broadcast the gospel. But the question is, what is money being used for? Is it being used for God's glory, or is it being used only for pleasure? Is it being used for pride to support dictators? and to purchase of arms which can kill people? Or is it being used for a higher purpose? So the love of money is the root of evil because some people love money more than they love their God. And Jesus said, man cannot serve God and mammon. Now that's where we get in trouble. And that's where it becomes so controversial. So we start talking about the have and the have not and getting people that, well, they got all of that money. They should share it with somebody. Yeah, but you ain't paying them student loan back. You're not doing – so it's not even to that degree. And I tell people, just because a person is homeless don't mean that they're not getting a check. So you can help people in a lot of different ways, a lot of ways you can help people. Money sometimes gets us in trouble. Any comments in regards to that, Michelle? Yeah, I can. I mean, I will tell you that um, I did something because, you know, you know, people go on vacation, for example, and my kids, as you know, are special needs, and I we had, had a couple of vacations planned for spring break, and they're having a rough time because we couldn't go. So, you know, I figured out a way to help 
my kids and another family that's with us that's that's close to my family and who have is out of work and um you're right the and my stepson got upset because he said you could have given me that money instead of doing that mm. and i mm-hmm. said really really i could have given you that i said so you think that okay i should not meet my kids needs because you lost your business i'm already helping you and don't mind you i've already i'm helping him i gave them some money I'm helping a couple of different people, but I can't help everybody. But if you, I invited them to come, and if that's going to be your attitude, then I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I mean, but I'm trying to do what's something. best for my kids too. You just hit something on the head, Michelle. It's people. But I spent the money on something I shouldn't have spent it on. You can spend your money on whatever you want to spend it on. Because, see, when your husband passed away, people had a perception of you. And because they have a perception of you, if you gave all yours to them, what you going to have? They're not going to give it back to you. So that's the part that irks me, and I think that's where a lot of the evilness comes from, is people's perception. And so just think, if a person is living a certain lifestyle, and if everybody's giving to them, that could step their game up. Are they going to give it back to other people? Do we pay it forward? A lot of times people don't. Some do, some don't. Now, I'm looking at something in regard to the same article that I was reading, and it reads that the rich man begins to feel superior to those who have to earn a living. He can enjoy a life of luxury that is not available to the average person. He's also given tremendous power and can use his money to control and dominate other people. Money has become so important that men will, not only men and women, will lie, cheat, bribe the fame and kill to get it. The love of money becomes the ultimate adultery, and this is what Paul said. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and we have to be aware of that. You know, and you can't tell people what to do with their money, but a lot of us don't have financial, let's say financial literacy. A lot of individuals don't even know how to balance a checkbook, you know, we go and try to, you know, get this. It, it's, it's crazy. It is really, really crazy. Thea, any other comments, suggestions, anything you want to share with the listeners? Um, I just want to say when I brought that, um, and these were Jesus' words, and it's in Luke 18. I'm not going to read all of it because I don't want to take up a bunch of time. Um, basically, this guy came up. It's in Luke 18, verses 18 through 24 and the guy um, a guy came up to Jesus calling him good teacher Jesus asked him why are you calling me good and um, the man asked him you know basically what do I need to know to inherit eternal life Jesus told him obey the commandments the guy says I've done all these Jesus says there's one thing you haven't done sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor and Mm -hmm. you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me. The man got sad because he had a lot of money and a lot of tra- and a lot of possessions. And I think that's the kind of thing that you, where you said, you know, you cannot serve God and money. Okay, now if now if I was speaking to Jesus, I'm fixed to leave everything because I know where He's going, <laughs> and I, I know that if I leave everything behind, ain't no doubt about where I'm going. 
you know. But what I can do in the meantime, since I don't have the option to meet Jesus face-to-face and walk hand-in-hand with him or follow behind him, I'm going to follow in his footsteps and be obedient to his commands. Every chance I have to give, I'm going to give. But like Michelle was saying, I'm not going to give to where it hurts me because it also says that in the Bible. You know, it tells you you must decide in your heart what you're going to give and then give cheerfully. Don't give grudgingly or because you feel like you have to because then you may as well just not give at all. But you decide mm-hmm. what you're going to give and it's based on what you can give because it also tells you in the Bible, don't put yourself out, you know. So, but when I, when every time I have an opportunity to give, I'm going to. And if it's money, I'm going to. If it's my last $5 and I have everything I, I need and I'm going to have a few, I'm going to have some more money in a few days, I'll even give that because I always got some change somewhere. And if I got everything I need, that $5 is not going to. Um, solve all my problems, but it may it may be the blessing I've been waiting for when I hand it over to someone else. So I mean, we have to decide in our hearts how we're gonna how we're gonna give, when we're gonna give, and what we're gonna give. And we have to know that it's gonna be given back to us. I think that's a big part of it is knowing that when we use our money to bless someone else, oh, we fixing to get some blessings coming right back. Mm-hmm. I remember as you were speaking to you, I remember hearing a story of a man that had a lot of money and was very wealthy. And when he died, because we always say you can't take it with you, he told his wife, when I die, I want my money to go with me. And after the funeral was over with, one of the friends of the wife came to her and said, you know your husband wanted his money to be buried with him. She said, yeah. She said, "Um, did you honor his wishes? She said, yeah, I honored his wishes. She said, so you gave all the money away and put it in the casket? She said, I did exactly what he asked me to do. I went to the bank. I saw how much money he had in the bank. I wrote a check, and I put the check in the casket. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Smart woman. You know what? That's, that is very smart. <laughs> he got his money. I wrote a check. Any amount of the money that he had. <laughs> so, so the, the thing is, and what we're talking about today is, we need to be careful with how we treat people, and we have to also, because you, you, you never know. You 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 never know. You know, there are certain um, Bible verses, Hosea. You know, where you could be entertaining an angel. Don't judge individuals. Now. I have some information, and it's coming from um, Benefits, and it talks about seven reasons you're not rich yet and how to change it. Because we don't want to just be talking about, you know, giving, 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 because we're talking about the love of money being the root of all these and how individuals can use their power, misuse it, you know, things of that nature. Sharing is caring. And I was thinking, Thea, as you were talking, when I had my office in Oceanside, and I was telling you how a lot of homeless individuals used to come around my office and sometimes sleep by the doors. And one time I pulled up, and it was about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and I had some food. And I pulled up, and a lady was there. And my daughter said, Mom, you will give her your food? I gave her $20. My daughter said, well, Mom, why did you give her money instead of giving her some food? I said, because I wasn't giving her my food. She can go buy her own food. I want my food. <laughs> my daughter said, Mom, you know giving her $20 was way more than what your food cost, you know, so sometimes when we talk about greed, greed could be a lot of different things. Even with money, it could be, um, you know, um, food. It could be worldly possessions. But greed can get individuals in trouble. Now, 
getting back to the seven reasons you're not rich yet and how to change it, it indicates are you unhappy that you're not rich? Do you struggle with debt? Are you looking for ways to get ahead in the money game? We're, they shared some reasons why you're not rich and how to change it. Go from broke to what they call money. They'll show you, show you the way. Now, some of the things that they talk about is financial security first. When we talk about financial security, many individuals, we start looking at family relationships. Some individuals have entitlement issues. And they were born with we used to call it a silver spoon in their mind, in their mouth. And some and I would say that's where some people's perception came from. I'm gonna ask you, Lisa. Lisa, how were you taught or where do you think your perception of money came from? My question is for me. Lisa, your name now, is not Was that Lisa. question directed towards me, or who was it directed towards, or no. everybody? It's directed towards Lisa. I wanted to know, okay, Lisa, Lisa, how was you taught about money as a kid growing up? I really wasn't. Me, okay. I, I really wasn't. All right. You know, okay. and, um, yeah, I really wasn't taught, you know. Um, you knew... Of course, um, but you, you you knew, but you didn't know. Like I I didn't know, you know, where our family was in comparison to other families or things like that. And you know, as a young child, you you don't necessarily know that, um, except if you are around relatives that that have a way of expressing it about other relatives. Like mm-hmm. oh, so you know. They have money they don't have to worry about. And so that's how you find out that they have money and maybe you're not in that boat. <laughs> you're not in that same okay. place. But otherwise, mm-hmm. comparisons. But I really, I right. really was not. And um, so, you know, I was taught to save my money. I was taught, you know, I was told, you know, save your money if you want to buy school clothes, you know, because you have mm-hmm. to work and make your own money to get your school clothes. So stuff like that. But in terms of really getting the skill set um, for saving and and tithing, things like that, no, no, that's something and I you know, have and to learn more as an adult. Correct, Michelle. You got a lot of Michelle Fontes. You got a lot of background noise. Um, oh, that was because I just dropped my say, phone. Sorry. Oh, got you. You know, it's it's funny because you said that, Lisa. Because growing up, I used to I learned when I became an adult. We were ghetto rich. Even though my mother lived in mm-hmm. Compton, she drove a Cadillac. She had a van. She purchased her home. You know, people always thought my mother had a lot of money. But when my mother passed away, even in 2008, she was only making $13 an hour. I'm like, how the hell was she affording all of this? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy but I remember as a kid eating pork and beans and weenies, and I swore that an adult I would never eat no pork and beans and weenies. But I didn't know, and my mother, I didn't know what being poor was. I really didn't. But exactly. my mother didn't teach us how to save. She didn't teach us how to invest because she didn't know how to do it. But people exactly. were quick to call somebody else bougie if they lived in Baldwin Hills or if they lived in Beverly mm-hmm. Hills. And then we saw TV, like the Jeff, the Jeffersons, and, you know, they moving on up. So it was people's perception. 
people's perception. That's the best show ever. I don't mean to interrupt you, but Jefferson <laughs> is the best show ever. I swear to God, it is. <laughs> yeah, but the Jefferson had to be Archie Bunker, and Archie Bunker wasn't no joke. But you know what, Michelle? So my my question to you, Michelle Fontes, how did you learn about money? Well, I actually, my mom, my dad died young, and my mom was a, she had a good job. Um, she was also a real estate broker, and she taught me how to buy and sell, and that's when people used to say to me, why don't you become a realtor? Wow. I'm like, oh, no, 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 oh, no, forget it. And so, but there were also times when she lost, but she taught me how to, you know, earn money, save money. You know, I mean, she didn't travel until she retired, and I wanted to earn money and do the same thing, but that I just decided I was going to retire, travel earlier and retire earlier. So she taught me how to do it, and thank God I had an easygoing husband because we must have moved about ten times. <laughs> yes, mm. I like money, sell money, make money. But then we also lost money because you can do that same thing in the stock market or real estate when the when everything goes mm-hmm. down. You know, um, but I say I got I was taught to. You know, try to, I mean, I was fortunate and blessed that, you know, my mom was able to teach me some things and showed us and we had, we were, we didn't go really without, you know, growing up. But then also like me, because like I'm the kind of person with me, see, I would give this person, I used to give the shirt off my back. And like when she was saying, you know, it's not, and I told you it's not supposed to hurt you. Well, I didn't used to let that happen. I would give every, anything to anybody if they, if they needed it because I felt I had so much that, you know, I felt bad for people that didn't have it, even if they were lying to me like alcoholics or drug addict people. I didn't, I, I wasn't kind of naive until I got into working in the legal system and figured it out. And even then it still bothered me about, the, you know, the food. Now, I would buy the food. I won't give them money because I'm afraid they go drink, but that's okay. You know, but then on the other hand, but that's how I, I learned from my mom. And then and when she passed away, I was like, okay, now it's up to me. I got to figure out how to keep doing this. And, um, you know, so I'd save my money. And I told myself, like a lot of people tell you, okay, they think I'm rich. And you know, Jeanette, people think I'm rich. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter went to high school and she comes home and her friends are asking her if she's rich. I said, you know what? We're moving out of this house. We're going to go buy a dump because I'm tired of people thinking we're rich. And I'm, I mean, we'll live in a house and I don't want to say dump, but I mean, just because I, I work hard for my money. And I tell them, your dad worked hard for their money. I worked hard for my money. And you have to save it and you have to make choices. I don't go out and buy Gucci purses, Gucci shoes. You know, right. I would rather help somebody that's less fortunate or, you know, I could walk around and I go, like you said, your mom about the Cadillac. Okay. Okay. Your mom somehow in, in her in her way, you, it would sound like she was rich and your richness is how you feel. It's not necessarily Correct. just because Correct. you have money. And if she had a Cadillac, she had this, and you weren't going to be this way or that way. And that's how a lot of people are. And, you know, I had a choice to say, hey, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to work this hard. But then I've taught my kids, you know, it's not just handed to you on a tree, okay, or I just hand it mm-hmm. to you. And But I also, you know, was taught that, you know, you. my mom said, you know, I can save. But when my mom got sick, she realized, you know what, I can't take my money with me 
<laughs> I guess I never thought about it. She, if she'd have thought about writing a check, she probably would have told me to put it in her grave. But she didn't <laughs> think about that. So she gave it to my brother and my sister before she got sick, and she gave some to me. Now, she gave them a lot more than she gave me, which was fine because she knew that me and my husband were financially more stable than my brother and sister. Okay, I mean, it, at first it shocked me because she didn't want to, she didn't tell me about it, you know, and I didn't, mm. I didn't want her to die, I want, and I didn't want her money. But then when my would sister you, and brother would, went through all that money and came to me and said, oh, mm. well, mom taught you how to do this, so can you give us some more? I'm like, no, you know what? You've got X amount of money. I got to even get a quarter of that, uh, and, <laughs> and you're gone through it? Oh, my God, okay, yep. You know, but, but that goes. I was born in the, the same property. house as her and my kids yeah. and my sister, my brother. How come they didn't pick up on that? Me, a know. lot of people didn't, Michelle. It's kind of like the prodigy child. They, I read the story when they talk about the, the person giving their kids a certain amount of money, and then the other person, one of the kids, wouldn't purchase Disneyland, you know, and all everybody else's money was gone. And part of this, the love of money, is living beyond your means. A lot of individuals right. live beyond their means, and millionaires can go broke too. Thea, how did you learn about money? Through my mom, and um, you know, she was a lot of times. My stepdad wasn't there. My dad was never in the picture. My stepdad was there. We were um, ghetto rich too because we lived in hacienda projects in Watts. And um, when my stepdad was there, we was uh, the only two-car family in the ghetto, in the projects, because he <laughs> loved to have his car. He was a hard worker, and he wanted my mom to have a car. We had nice cars. We didn't have old buckets. When he wasn't around, we had a bucket. It would get us around, me, my mom, my brothers. But um, she taught us. She's the same person that taught me um, not to steal. You know, because at the same time she instilled the value of money to us and being putting a nest egg aside, basically she was teaching us not to place too much value on money, and she also mm -hmm. taught us not to covet what other people had, which she taught mm -hmm. us not to be thieves, because she would tell us that just because someone looks like they're living large doesn't mean they are, and you don't know what your greed will do to them when you decide to relieve them of their possession. They might be spending the rest of their life paying that off, and it's not on you to say that they have more than they, they need. Mm -hmm. And so she taught us to work. She taught us to obtain our own and not covet others. What they have is theirs, whether it's paid for or not. And if you want it, it's worth working for. That's one thing my mom taught us. I heard the lady earlier talk about school clothes. My mom handmade my clothes, but when it came to dittos and all the other fashions that the little girls had, if I wanted them, then when she did give us allowance, when Gus was there, we got allowance all the time. I saved my money. I bought my dittos, and I ended up, I mean, I learned the value of it, you know, and it do feel a lot better when you work for something and you earn it, you save up for it. It's just really very appreciated, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to, like you were saying, entitlement issues. We didn't have that growing up in the ghetto, and most of the time, one-parent one family, but we did learn the value of earning what we get, having our own, and not taking from others. Correct. And I remember growing up, my mother used to say, you see these people over here with all these brand-new clothes and all this, they get a check. They get a welfare check. You don't get no welfare check. You know, so she taught us to work and so she did. I used to love going around. Your mom was smart. Nine kids. Oh, my mom was no joke. You know, 
But um, they have nine kids. Every day they wear the same clothes twice. Every time they stayed at the indoor swap meet or the malls. And my mother's like, uh, they got a check coming in that house. You don't, you know. So, and I guess, like I said, it never, I didn't abuse money. I don't, I, to this day, I still don't abuse money. As you can tell, I'm a quarter. I got so much junk, it's ridiculous. But I don't expend excessively. Most of my spending was either on food and stocking up on refrigerators and stuff, but I stopped that. But the thing is, we just kind of always say that we know better, we do better. And like I like how you talked about covenant over other people's money when we talk about the love of money, you know, the greed, what people do to try to get it, and not to get people in trouble, mistreating other people. And just because somebody gives you right. a handout don't mean you got to go and kiss their butt, you know. So we just got to be mindful yeah. of, the, of the power. What was you going to say, Thea? No, I was going to say, when I, you went a different direction with it, but when you were saying just because somebody gave you a handout, I was thinking, don't mean that they have all that to give. It might just mean that they was moved by the Lord. At that time, you needed a blessing. They were moved to bless you. It don't mean follow them home, hit them in the back of the head, and take what they got. That's true. That is so true. I remember one time I was sitting outside in front of a car. I was sitting in my car, sorry. And my daughter used to get on me about counting money when I would leave my offices. And I was sitting in my Oceanside office, and I was counting money, and a man opened my door. As my car was running, I started to run him over. I was so mad. I cussed that man out so bad. I wanted to beat the hell out of him. How do you think you're going to just jack me in? You're on the wrong side of the car. You're supposed to be on the driver's side. You can't car jack me on the passenger side. And you know I had that clean. Did he, run, make did he my run away? Clean. Yeah, after I cussed him out so run. bad. Yes, he I did. When I gave that man that look at my horns probably popped up, I was I looked at that man like I will beat you up and take your money. I know good sir, <laughs> you don't think you're gonna jack me. <laughs> wow. If I spoke to you first, giving you the benefit of the doubt, and my daughter and it was so funny because my daughter I called my daughter. She laughed at me and I got mad because she had already told me stop doing that. Then I called my um, church sister, Joanne. She want to pray. I don't want to pray. So then I called my god brother. <laughs> he go tell me to come pick. He was like, you got your gun? I was like, no. He said, you got your stick? I said, no. He said, come pick me up. We riding around Oceanside <laughs> looking for the person that was getting ready to try to jack me. Boy, mm. thank God we didn't find it because he probably would have went to jail. So, but the thing is, when we start talking about the greed and, you know, and we're not trying to talk about the Robin Hood, steal from the rich to get to the poor and all of that. When we start talking about, we just got to be smarter. We got to do better. You know, and if you are getting your stimulus check, if you're getting your unemployment checks and you're getting more now than you did when you was going to work, use wisdom. Don't spend it all at Walmart. Don't sit up there and be on Amazon shopping, expending excessively. You know, because the problem is we talk about greed, but we also forget we talk about misuse and love. And 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 then that can go back into greed because you don't have to spend money on other things. So spend it all in one place. Uh-uh. What was the story with uh, Ryder and Jasmine? Thea, when I gave them $20 and told them $10 a piece, and Ryder came back with some change. Oh. It was it was funny, Ryder. Ryder, you he definitely don't have the love of money. He wants possessions. We we went to the store. Jasmine was picking up stuff, and and she and she was counting every time she put something in a basket, and she kept putting stuff back. And by the time we got to the register, she had. I said, okay, so you got four dollars coming back. Ryder got two dollars coming back, and um, so she grabbed another thing, right? And so we get home, and. Ryder, Ryder, take his two dollars. He put it on the table. He said, "I only needed it when we was at the dollar store." 
It was it was the cutest thing I ever had. I looked at Jasmine, she didn't even look in my direction. <laughs> she wasn't saying nothing about her change. Correct. Because the thing is, like I said, with agree, waste not, want not. And we need to stop wasting money and you know, and, and spending it more to where it's more practical and utilize wisdom. Now there's always things we're going to need out of necessity. But part of this money is impulse spending, you know. Right. And I'm glad that my daughter studied finances, and she had to, because if I was going to own a company and a business, I needed some help because I don't do money right. I ain't going to even say I do because I don't. But at least with her being a financial person, she gets on me <laughs> about certain things. You know, when it comes to stuff like that. So we need to educate ourselves when it comes to financial literacy. And a part of that, too, is biblical. When we talk about tithing and spending, you know, we, we really need to do better. Lisa, any comments in regards to that? Because we talked a lot about the um, the greed. We talked about the love. We talked about the ways. Any comments you want to or things you want to share? You know, not really at this time. I just think, you know, one of the things you said about it's important not to judge other people. That is so important since we don't know, we don't have insight into their background and things that they've experienced. We understand from our perspective, but certainly not from their perspective. Um, Right. And perhaps had they been given certain other tools, been able to be exposed to certain things, that, um, you know, that they would be in a different place, perhaps. Um, exactly. Like if they had, had mothers like your mother that said, hey, look, you know, this is, let me give you a reality check about what's going on across the street or with those people, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe could add to their understanding possibly. But, you know, we are just really, um, we're blessed that we're in the positions that we are um, because if we were not, we may not have been able to have access to this radio program. We wouldn't know about it. We wouldn't have those resources. We couldn't benefit by learning more. That's true. Little That's things. True. I always have to Very that we do better. Now, I want to yeah, absolutely. Living, living by a false prosperity gospel. And if you're a person of faith, you know the Bible covers a variety of prosperity principles. And there are prayers for prosperity the scriptures that encourage charitable giving, and much more about of the poor. But the familiar prosperity gospel can be a false one. And if you're using God to get things from him, you need to change your ways. Because a lot of times we're like, Lord, can you give me this? Lord, if I only had a dollar. Lord, can I? No, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You know, and a lot of times we, we do and we say things. We ask for the wrong thing. Now, any other questions? Michelle, Millicent, you haven't said, do you have anything you want to say, Michelle? In regards to which one? What? I was actually Michelle Millicent because Michelle Millicent haven't said anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I guess um, you don't have anything to say. Not really. Not okay. Really. What, Michelle Fontes, you know, we started talking about this, the love of money being when we talk about it's not the that money is the root of all evil, it's the love of money. We have to right. start getting back to loving God, not loving money, not loving possessions, right. not abusing things, not taking advantage of things, not wasting. 
you know, because like I said right now, we don't know what's going to happen. Some individuals don't know if they're going to even have a job to go back to. Now people are publicizing, people filing for bankruptcy, putting people's businesses out there, you know. Don't judge people because you don't know what they have. So the greed, the love, the covenant, get your own and be mindful and use wisdom with what you got. You know, even we talk about the OJ song. I remember the OJ song, For the Love of Money. You know, it's, it's out of control. But we can, when we know better, we can do better. So I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio as we have ran out of time. And I want to thank those that were on the air with me. I truly appreciate your support and joining me and the information that you have shared. So if you have any other topics that you want me to discuss, you can email me at jabney at gmail.com or preciouspredicaments at gmail.com. Or you can contact me on um, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can just Google my name and find me. Don't forget to share the information with others. And I know people are listening to other countries, and I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until thank you, I'm going to be up here next week, thank you, Thea, for being so diligent and joining us on this topic. So, again, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. Bye. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.